Braves, Braves fans, welcome back to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. Awesome to be back with you guys. This episode is a special one as we will be previewing the MLB draft uh, as that is upcoming uh, tomorrow, Sunday, July 17th at 7 p.m. Uh, I am really interested to see what the Braves have to do after they got that uh, 35th pick from the Kansas City Royals. They have a ton of flexibility in what they can do, uh, more flexibility than they've had in really the past six or seven years or maybe more. Uh, so very interesting to see uh, what might take place uh, tomorrow. Uh, the Braves have a lot to do. Their farm system, you know, as good as their big league club is and has been for the last few years, their farm system has steadily, um, you know, gotten worse. And, and some of that is good in terms of prospects have panned out and they've made their way to the big league, big league club. But, you know, um, they've also traded some guys away and haven't replenished in a way that that maybe would work uh, well. So, you know, anyways, I, I really enjoy uh, the draft. I really enjoy uh, digging into the Braves farm system as well. I didn't really used to pay that much attention to it, except when like a big prospect was about to come up. Uh, but, you know, in 2015, when the Braves started their massive rebuild uh, and there were very few good players left on the big league club, it was really hard to watch those games. And so during that time, I really spent a lot of my time diving into prospects and, and kind of dreaming of what might be one day with the big league club. Uh, I remember, you know, the Dansby Swanson trade, for instance. Uh, I remember the Max Freed trade, you know, Austin Riley getting getting that pick in the draft and it, it worked out. And, you know, not every prospect does work out, but but a lot of these guys did. And it's a big reason why the Braves won the World Series in 2021. Uh, for baseball, you know, it's different than any other sport in that way. You have to have a really good farm system and you have to have good development. The Braves do have that. Uh, good development in place. I think they have some of the best scouts in the business, uh, but they they don't have the best farm system right now. Uh, the Braves are ranked actually 27th out of 30 teams. Ouch, right? Uh, 27th out of 30 teams in terms of their farm system. That's uh, per MLB.com. Um, so some other, other people might have them maybe a little higher than that, but nonetheless, uh, they are weaker than they've been in a long time, probably since they began that rebuild. Uh, and it's been a pretty steady decline, especially since 2020. So the beginning of the 2020 season, the Braves ranked eighth in baseball. Uh, and they were actually first. I remember uh, before Ronald Acuna and Ozzie Albies graduated, they were first in baseball. And of course, for good reason. Um, but nonetheless, a steady decline. You know, and there's several re reasons for that. Some of them I've already mentioned a little bit. But don't forget the the impact of the international um, signing penalty that was levied on the Braves, along with the John Coppolella ban. You know, uh, the general manager of the Braves a few years ago was banned from baseball for life for um, some nefarious things that they were doing. Um, and, you know, I don't want to get into that too much. It's arguable that other teams were also doing it too, but Coppolella got caught and, um, and was banned and the Braves uh, lost a lot of ability to go out and sign international uh, free agents. These are guys that would be 18, seven, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old uh, in places like Venezuela and Dominican Republic and, you know, a lot of Latin American countries particularly. And so the Braves have been weak on that front because of that. 
Um, on top of that, you know, you have some recent events like Michael Harris and Spencer Strider have been great, but they've, they've graduated to the big league club, which is what you want to have happen. But, um, you know, it means that those rankings are going to be that much worse for the Braves because those talents are now in Atlanta, the Matt Olson trade, right? They traded away, um, Shay Langoliers and Christian Pache, um, and their number one pick, um, from last year. And so, you know, you have all these things uh, that have happened that have really kind of decimated the Braves farm system. And if you go uh, to a uh, an Augusta Green Jackets game like I did earlier this season, their, their low A team, you're going to see some really bad baseball because there's very few guys of real talent at that level. So especially the lower levels, you also have very few high end talents in the Braves system. Guys that you can really imagine could turn into everyday high quality MLB players. You got a couple of them, but maybe not many. So that being said, you know, it's time to rebuild the farm system a little bit. And I hope that the upcoming draft can play a part in that. That international ban is also over. The Braves were able to participate for the first time this year. So they do have some really young guys signed that maybe in a few years you'll start hearing about and get excited about. So I want to just kind of do a state of the Braves farm system. Um, you know, by looking at their top 30 players overall, not we're not going to dive deeply into all the names, but I'll mention a few of them. Um, you know, but I want to look at where is the biggest positional strength and positional weakness for the Braves. Uh, kind of do a breakdown that way. So of the Braves top 30 guys, 12 of them are right-handed pitchers, five are left-handed pitchers. They don't have any first baseman that are in the top 30. They don't have any second baseman in their top 30. They have one third baseman. They have six shortstops. So obviously that's shortstop heavy. Now, a lot of times shortstops will kind of filter into other positions if it is deemed that they can't stick at shortstop long-term. Usually that's for defensive reasons. So, you know, that, that could kind of shift around a little bit. Um, but nonetheless, you have a little bit of weakness, I would say, in terms of the Braves um, and their their infield, um, you know, their infield strength. And then six guys um, in their outfield as well for the top 30. They have six outfielders in the top 30. But several of those guys are really the back end of the top 30. And remember, the Braves being 27th out of 30 teams, okay, well, their top 30 is not going to be as good as most teams' top 30. So, Maybe the back 15 of those guys shouldn't really even be in a top 30 list, you know, or wouldn't be for most teams. So, you know, you got to take all this, I guess, uh, with a grain of salt in some ways. But the reality is, you know, the Braves have some, some real big needs really at every position. There's not one position that's really locked down. Um, you have quite a few guys at AAA that we've seen in Atlanta that, could at least give you a spot start. I think Kyle Muller has the best chance of pitchers at AAA to maybe one day be, you know, a every fifth day starter in a rotation. Um, and then Vaughn Grissom. Vaughn Grissom right now is the fourth ranked, uh, fourth ranked player in the Braves farm system. I like him. He's my favorite player as far as the Braves top 30. He may not stick at shortstop. Uh, you know, long-term, he might be more of a second baseman, but he's shown to be a really good hitter. Uh, he's moved up 
through the system pretty quickly. Uh, really dominated high A Rome this year and has already been promote, promoted to double A Mississippi. They say once you're in double, double A, you're not very far from the big leagues. Um, just ask Michael Harris. So anyways, the, you know, the point being the Braves don't have a ton of guys to be excited about outside of Vaughn Grissom in their top 30. Um, is in terms of the, the weakest level, uh, the Braves, I mentioned Augusta already. That's probably their weakest level. So that's low A. The Augusta Green Jackets, they only have three of their top 30 guys are in Augusta. Uh, A.J. smith Shaver is the top prospect there. He's kind of in the middle area of the top 30. Um, and then they also have a couple other guys that probably aren't really super high-quality um, prospects on that club. So, you know, like I mentioned, I, I went to see an Augusta Green Jackets game earlier this year. It was an ugly affair. I'll just say that. Uh, not a ton of talent there. So, um, yeah, the Braves, um, you know, really across the board, but particularly at low A, uh, their, their lower levels, the Braves could use an, an influx of talent. And obviously the draft can, can go a long way to doing that, um, and, and hopefully it will. So let's look at maybe some of the Braves' history of their past draft strategies and what they've done, and maybe we can project from that what they might do this year. So over the last uh, few drafts, and especially, you know, we want to look at what they've done in the Alex Anthopoulos era over the last several years, is they have uh, valued arms over position players. So uh, they've taken a lot of um, a lot of pitchers. We'll get into that a little later. And I'm, by the way, I'm looking specifically at the top pick, their, their number one pick. It's really hard because... An MLB draft is so many rounds. We, we're not going to get into like the late round stuff. So we're going to focus on the first round, which has a lot of impact on what they'll do after the fact too. But yeah, they value arms over position players. Um, typically, they'll go with the righty over the lefty. Uh, righties with big velocity and wipeout sliders is kind of the guys that they look at. These guys tend to be college arms. They tend to be guys that don't have a ton of innings on their arm. They maybe are a little less proven, but they have a huge amount of potential. And so the guy that I think about is like the poster boy for this is Spencer Strider. Now, Spencer Strider wasn't a first-round guy, but it's that kind of arm that that they tend to look at. Uh, the other benefit of looking at those kind of guys is you can typically sign them under slot. So under slot meaning you can sign them for less money is what it is projected uh, at the spot that the guy's drafted at which can save you on the back end and you can spend more money in the later rounds. Um, you know, will the Braves do that this year? That's, that's to be determined because the Braves have $2.2 million more to spend because they added that pick at number 35 from the Kansas City Royals, right? That gives them a lot more flexibility to maybe do something different this time around. But if they stick with kind of what they've done in the past, then maybe they go with the college arm. Um, you know, guys, um, again, that's, that's very beneficial because you can sign some guys later that you wouldn't have been able to afford. Otherwise guys, you can kind of talk into like, don't go to college, come, you know, come into our system. We'll maybe we'll throw a million dollars at you, even though you're being drafted in the 11th round. And, um, you know, that can get a guy, 
Uh, Vaughn Grissom, the, the guy I've already mentioned that I really like at AA, this is what happened in 2019. Uh, he was drafted out of high school. He went in the 11th round. Um, and they, they went over slot to get him, but, but they got him and they got a, a talented player. And so that can really benefit you down the road. There's tons of, tons and tons of, uh, examples of, uh, you know, tremendous all-star players that were not drafted in the first round. Baseball is really hard to, uh, to project guys, you know, so there's guys in the fifth round, there's guys in the, in the 30th round that can turn into all-stars. Uh, and so obviously, you know, spreading out that wealth can really, uh, can really benefit you a lot. You know, so I mentioned that since, um, since 2015, or actually for, for a number of years, the Braves have valued pitching over hitting for their first pick, particularly college pitching. So let me give you just a little proof of that. So since 2015, the Braves have taken a position player first only once, and that guy it was Shea Langoliers, the catcher, uh, in 2019. Before that, the last position player to be taken was Braxton Davidson in 2014. And if you're really, um, you know, a uh, a farm system nerd um, like I am, you'll you'll know that name and you'll know that he was a huge bust. Unfortunately, he had massive power that he was never really able to bring into the game. Um, really couldn't play much defense either and he never never made it in fact i don't even know if he made it to triple a uh he was a he was a big disappointment so anyways 2019 shay langler is the only position player they've taken in the first round so if they go to position player this year while you know it's not going to necessarily shock anybody it will be out of the norm for them so just kind of some examples so 2015 the braves had a really good draft. They drafted Colby Allard at 14. Now, he didn't necessarily end up uh, doing much for the Braves. They traded him to Texas eventually. But they took Mike Soroka at 28. And they took Austin Riley with a compensation pick at 41. And uh, obviously, that was a, a very impactful um, draft with Soroka and Riley. And then in 2016, they took Ian Anderson third. Joey Wentz at 40. And Kyle Muller in the second round at 44 and those two drafts i just want to mention were john coppolella drafts and so for all his warts and wrinkles coppolella actually um he has a lot of fingerprints still on the braves and a few of the few of the players that uh that came into the brave system all right tw uh, 2017 was the first year that anthopolis was uh, at the helm kyle wright was taken with the fifth pick overall there uh carter stewart in 2018 was taken with the eighth pick if you don't know who Carter Stewart is, it's because he never signed with the Braves. Uh, and so they got another uh, compensation pick in the first round in 2019. So they had two picks that year. They took Shea Langoliers ninth, and then they took Braden Shoemake at 21. Uh, 2020, uh, they went back to pitching and took Jared Schuster. Uh, and then in 2021, uh, with the 24th pick, they took Ryan Cusick, and Cusick is the guy that was included in the Matt Olson deal. So he's in the uh, the A's organization now. So just a history, you know, a brief history of what the Braves done. If you go back through that list, you'll see, like I said, a lot of righties, a lot of guys with really nasty stuff. Kyle Wright, Carter Stewart, even though he never played with the Braves, was was that profile as well. 
um, and Ryan Cusick definitely was that profile. Now, Schuster was outside of that norm a little bit as a lefty with a little more command stuff and a really good changeup. All right, so let's let's just think about a few guys. I want to throw out a few names to you. Um, again, uh, the baseball draft is really hard to mock, particularly beyond the first round. But So I'm not going to necessarily give you who I think the Braves will take, but I'm just going to give you a, uh, quite a few names and then give you who I would like the Braves to take. So uh, the first guy is Gabriel Hughes. He's a right-handed pitcher from Gonzaga. Uh, he's solid across the board. Uh, he has several uh, a good pitch mix, um, a mid-90s fastball, uh, and probably a very low floor. The only thing with him is his command at times can get a little shaky, but most people think that that can be solved. So um, he's uh, definitely going to be probably taken right around the time that the Braves are on the board. So, yeah, he could be taken before they, they get there, but likely um, most of these college arms will be sitting there for the Braves. Cade Horton is a right-handed pitcher from Oklahoma. If you've looked at any mock drafts, you, you probably will see him linked to the Braves a lot. That's not because the Braves have, have tipped their hand. They do not do that. Uh, it's just people projecting what the Braves have liked to do in the past. So he really does fit this, this model um, really well of this big right-handed pitcher with uh, a high ceiling, um, electric fastball, wipeout slider. He is that guy. Uh, he did not have a great uh, college career. He struggled for, for parts of it, but he became really um, dominant in his last, the, kind of the back end of this past season. If you watched any uh, College World Series games, uh, he really kind of carried Oklahoma um, across the finish line, even though they didn't win it. Uh, he was right there to the end, and he was a big part of that. Connor Prelip, uh, a left-handed pitcher from Alabama. Um, great command, mid-90s fastball, uh, a plus slider, and uh, developing a, a pretty good changeup as well. This guy could potentially be the first college arm taken uh, off the board, particularly the, the first lefty college arm. Uh, him and Connor Jerpa, and I hope I'm saying that name right, spelled with an H. He's a lefty from Oregon State. Uh, he has a plus sl uh, slider, pretty good changeup. Uh, a fastball in the low to mid-90s, but he has a lot of deception, kind of a, a herky uh, crossfire delivery. Think about um, Josh Hader, uh, just not quite that velocity, but kind of that style, very unique. And so some people really like that out of him uh, and think he could um, end up being a mid-rotation starter or better. All right, so those four guys, no one would be surprised if the Braves took any of those four guys. It would kind of fit their mold. But let's talk a little bit of outside-the-box guys, uh, either guys who might fall to the Braves. It would be kind of a pleasant surprise, and the Braves would jump on, or guys who maybe they, they go outside of, of the mold and, and do something else. The first is Dylan Lesko. He's definitely projected to go higher than the Braves picking at 30, but he could slide to the Braves. He's coming off of Tommy John surgery. And so that's one thing that, you know, maybe some teams are, are you know, they shy away from him because of that. Uh, he is from Georgia. Again, high school pitcher, uh, a righty. He's got a mid-90s fastball already. Very good changeup as well as his, his uh, top secondary pitch. Um, so I think the Braves would be very excited if Lesko fell to them. It's probably just not likely. Uh, Brandon Barriera, I hope I'm saying that name right as well. Uh, he's a lefty 
probably the top um, at this point, the top prep lefty in the mix. Uh, he has a sinking mid to high 90s fastball. He's really aggressive to attack hitters. He's in the zone a lot. Uh, people like that. He's not nibbling at all. And, um, you know, so I could also see the Braves jumping on this guy. Uh, the only thing with, with prep lefties is they tend to, you know, there's a lot of hit and miss with them in terms of if, if they actually uh, pan out. And, uh, you know, they tend to be more, more missed than hit. So we'll see. All right, uh, let's get into the, a few position players. The first uh, is Jet Williams. He's a shortstop, uh, high school shortstop from uh, Texas. Uh, the The main dig on him is he's only 5'8". And, you know, okay, short. But, yeah, there's a ton of short guys who can play a really high level of baseball. Of course, the Braves have one in Ozzie Albies, and we know all about Jose Altuve. So, But, anyways, 5'8", but he has great tools, particularly a really good hit tool. Uh, he might not stick at shortstop. One of his iffy, um, you know, skills is his arm strength. But nonetheless, you know, even a great hitting second baseman is really high value. He has great makeup. Um, really gritty player. Uh, the next guy to to know about, Chase DeLauder from JMU, my alma mater. So I definitely have to mention this guy, Chase DeLauder. He's a big athletic outfielder, 6'4", 230. A lot of raw power. Um, a really good hitter. Now he, there's some. This guy I could actually see falling to the Braves, even though he's mocked higher, uh, simply because you know he plays in not the the top baseball conference by any means. Uh, some scouts also don't like his swing. He's he he, he does something kind of herky jerky with his feet. His footwork's a little weird in the box. So I could see this guy falling because of some of those concerns. But he's got a lot of skill. Uh, Jacob Berry out of LSU. He's a first baseman in DH. Uh, he lacks uh, positional flexibility because he's just not a very good fielder, unfortunately. So that hurts his stock, but he's a tremendous and maybe the best like MLB-ready hitter in the draft. Great power uh, and just a great hit tool overall. So if the Braves are looking for just a pure hitter, he might be a guy to think about. And man, I mean, the DH is a thing now. So um, maybe they go out and maybe positional flexibility isn't as, as important as it used to be. All right. Uh, next guy, Drew Gilbert out of Tennessee, uh, outfielder, uh, tremendous approach at the plate and has very high intangibles. Peace, people basically love Drew Gilbert. Uh, his teammates love him. He has a big personality. Um, he's also only 5'8", so again, kind of a negative there, uh, at least uh, according to some people. But uh, he's really started to tap into his raw power. He is a solid defensive center fielder, so not just an outfielder, but can probably stick at center field. And especially if he can, that just adds to his, his stock. I really like Drew Gilbert. All right, moving on to another Tennessee outfielder, Jordan Beck. This guy is more of your prototypical power hitter, big, uh, big right field power hitter. Think Hunter Renfro. I heard that as one comp. Um, really good arm um, and a guy who can who can you know hit the ball out of the ballpark. Justin Crawford is my last guy. He's a high school prep guy. He is the son of Carl Crawford, so you might remember him from Tampa Bay and other teams that he played on. And apparently, there's a lot of similarities, even. The swing is is similar. Uh, Justin also hits from the left side. Uh, Carl also was a really high uh, thought of prospect. Um, had s some good seasons and then kind of petered out at the end of his career. 
Justin, they think could be better uh, if he can tap into his power a little bit more, maybe adjust his swing uh, to uh, to get more power out of that bat. Uh, so, all right, guys. So those are several uh, people to keep in mind. Uh, and quite honestly, I mean, you wouldn't be uh, too unhappy if the Braves are taking any of these guys. You know, I, I've mentioned this already, but the Braves past draft strategy has uh, allowed the Braves to lean on their scouts um, in the later rounds uh, because they've had more financial flexibility to go out and get guys that they really liked. Um, I hope they do that again. Uh, they have really uh, skilled scouts, and and more often than not, they're right about guys. I mean, just think of a Michael Harris taking in the taking in the third round when most most people were looking at him as a pitcher, and uh, he's doing some great things at the major league level right now. All right, so um, let's go on to my favorite picks. And so the two guys I would really like to see the Braves take one of these two guys, Jet Williams and Drew Gilbert. Um, I think, uh, well, not I think, I know that the Braves really value high intangible guys. These two seem to fit that mold. Um, the unfortunate thing is neither of them might be available at 20. I have seen a couple of mock drafts uh, where Jet Williams is available at 20. I think Drew Gilbert might go before that, uh, but we'll see. And you just never know how it's going to play out. I also would not be surprised at all if um, the the Braves were just uh, to go get another college arm and take some really good players uh, later in the draft. But just just watch if if Dylan Lesko particularly drops to the Braves at twenty. I think they probably take him, and and. In that case, they would have to throw a little bit more money at him, and they might have a little less money uh, in the later rounds than maybe they would want to, but they would get a better player at one than they were anticipating. All right, guys. Well, I'm, again, looking forward to this draft. I think it's going to be really fun, and uh, it'll be great that the Braves can can restock their farm system a little bit. They really kind of desperately need to do so, especially at those lower levels. Uh, all right. Well, I will talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. 